Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure podcast loosely inspired by Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dangers, and I am your Crypt Keeper. Hello, I'm Janae. I will be playing Carmilla Karnstein, a vampire spawn. What happened last week, we ran into some bats and one of them tried to make me eat it, which I did not do because that's gross. (laughs) We found this magical book that seemed to lay out uh, a pretty intense... um, Let's just say some people have a bone to pick with Carmilla. My name is Jordan. I'm playing Larry Talbot, a lycanthropic warlock. And last time, there was a cross on the wall shooting lasers. It tried to shoot a laser at me, but I deftly avoided it. Then we turned a corner, and I helped our dear friend the Phantom open a door. Just so happens there was a man in the way. Oops. (laughs) We went down a few more pathways and made our way into a room with a bunch of bones on the floor. Our poor friend Emotep got slurped into the bones, but then he managed to turn it around. Please don't describe it as slurp. (laughs) He got schwumped. Only slightly better, but I'll take it. (laughs) He got uh, gobbled and jangled up into a a larger creature, uh, was able to pilot around until the very end when the creature bit me because everything always bites me. And I uh, spontaneously burst into flames as one does. And then we... um, looked at a couple of paintings and now we have found ourselves here with a very tall guest bone mecca bone mecca bone mecca bone mecca <laughs> hello i'm daniel cruz i play imhotep the mummy and yes i was as our friend the wolfman described uh slurped and schwumped into a skeletal bone chimera where i was able to exert my will over it for in small ways making it crash itself into walls and protect my friends with a question mark until it eventually was defeated and i was able to make my way out i was also able to find a nice pair of shoulder blades that went right to my ass (laughs) i'm grayson playing jack griffin the invisible man last episode something suspicious for the invisible man happened between him and phantom they were having a little bit of an exchange and then phantom produced a handkerchief to help the invisible man clean his eyes I would have to say that Jack is probably slightly suspicious, but he's willing to play ball. So we're just going to keep moving on with that. Then we eventually got some help from Frankenstein solving a puzzle involving candles and also the pictures that we have. And now Jack has a three set of paintings that he can sell for some cash, considering as how his one job tonight got royally bumped other than that now we're in a room and there's another giant skeletal monster he has no idea how he's gonna get out of this hi i'm ben magnet i play frankenstein's monster and last time i was faced with a little bit of an issue as in there's a tiny little hole that i had to squeeze through and i totally went through it and deal with its style and had no problems getting through it and also completely smashed a chimera skeleton to absolute bits and got myself a shiny new bone club warhammer style weapon so 
meet. And now we're here back in the cathedral, facing down an even bigger skeleton for me to smash. So, woohoo! I am Aaron, Phantom of the Opera and our bard. Last session was thematically wonderful, all about leaving things behind. I finally put my rivalry with the Invisible Man up my sleeve for later. <laughs> and absolutely got to play percussion off of this fantastic bone chimera and left a terrible dungeon in the dust. Well, dank and musky. Terrible aesthetically <laughs> for me. So with that, let's go ahead and jump back into it and try not to die. Yay. That is That is a mood right now. So where we last left off, you all kind of learned a little bit about the backstory of the Blood Hunters and the Ghost Slayer Society, and about Carmilla, and specifically the exorcist who had a bit of a beef with her in life, who is now, in death, glaring her down. I will say as a team that you collectively get three actions that you can take to prepare before combat begins. Oh, all right, snap. everybody, heads in, huddle, huddle time, huddle time. Uh, so I, uh... On the ground, looking up at Vordenberg, flip over onto my hands and knees and scuttle back to the group. If I take a quick glance at him, can I see any specific markings related to Van Helsing? Go ahead and roll perception. Plus three, so that's an 18. With an 18, he has a similar aura about him, and you see him pull out a longsword with ceremonial carvings on it that are very similar to what is on Van Helsing's dagger. So I'm going to pose this to the team, at least knowing that there's a little bit of a connection between him and Van Helsing. How would you guys feel about trying to lie to this guy to get out of this combat? It's, it's worth a shot. Um, he did sound very inclined for our vampiric friend. He did burst through the door and say Karnstein. So maybe if we pretend she's not here, he'll go somewhere else, no? No, no, no. Here, here's, here's the problem. We, we read the book. The book basically says that he had a bone to pick with her and he mm -hmm, wanted Armilla out of this area. So we basically tell him that we were sent by Van Helsing and we're going to like take her out of this area to execute her for later. But Do you truly believe that you can convince him of this? I I honestly don't think he's worth convincing, my friend. I mean, I can make an attempt. If it works, we can get out of here with all of our lives intact. If, if you want to give it a shot, go for it. From where we're standing, could I possibly do an insight check on the big angry skeleton and see maybe his disposition towards those who might be of the same order? Yeah, roll insight, which I'm counting the insight and the perception as two of your three actions. Okay, so we have one more action. 14. With a 14, you see in the eye sockets that are laser focused on Carmilla, that there is not an ounce of mercy. As much as I would be inclined to let you speak with this Hulk, I do not believe it will be willing to negotiate. I am with the Bone Daddy. I don't think it's going to happen. The Bone what? Alright, fine. You guys want to get into a fight. No, 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 no. What was that? Bone what? <laughs> we, are, we, are, we, are, we are taking a moment. Excuse us, Mr. Skeleton. Excuse me, Mr. Larger Skeleton. I have to have a, a Bone what? I believe she said Daddy. That is what all the children are saying. They call people the Bone Daddy. How long have you been alive? These are these are memories from far long ago. Okay, okay. Um, so do I have my card of the day leap out of my um card stack? Oh, yes, that's right. Go ahead and reveal your card of the day. The devil. That feels fitting, uh -oh. but let's see what it does for me. 
hopefully something Does good. Does it go down to Georgia? Devil goes down to Georgia. <laughs> find some souls to steal. And I'm considered proficient in sleight of hand, and your proficiency bonus is doubled. You can sense the nearest valuable item or cache of treasure. Cool. As a bonus action, you may make a sleight of hand check against an enemy and either steal an object or plant an object on their person. If we're sending in the shy one, I'd like to give a healing oh, word. Okay, <laughs> and that is your third action, so after this, you're all rolling initiative. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So with that, I'm going to use a sleight of hand to slip a vial into Larry's pocket and then whisper to Larry, check your pockets when you want to make that play. Okay, so I got four healing from... Uh, my spell modifier is five. You got nine healing. Oh, thank you. All right, so... Now that that's out of the way, combat is starting immediately. Oh, so Vordenberg pulls out a javelin from his back Great. and tosses it directly at you. I need all of you to make a dexterity saving throw, followed by an initiative roll. Okay. Please be good. Please be good. 17 for Imhotep. Uh, 16. That's, that's a 9 for me. My dex save is a 3, and my initiative is 6. So I'm going to roll for initiative right now. Oh, yeah, I got to roll for initiative, too. Imhotep has an initiative roll of 10. I got a 13 for initiative. Uh, Dan, can I try and catch the javelin? Go ahead and make a dexterity check. Oh, okay. I have a pretty high dexterity. Can I also roll for this? Yeah. Please, because, oh, God, six is not going to save me. Oh, wow. Ooh. Uh, 18 minus 1, so is 17 for the decks on catching the javelin. I'm going to give that to you. So you're able to jump in front wow. and grab the javelin. Ooh, not going to lie. I think that saved a good good chunk of us. Mm -hmm. But now, I need you to make a strength uh -oh. check. Roll strength. Okay. That is a 16 plus 3, unnatural 19. With an unnatural 19, Vordenberg sticks out his hand and you feel the javelin begin to vibrate in your hands as it pulls itself closer towards him. You are able to hang oh. on, but you are pulled forward, and it drags you <laughs> ten oh, feet. No. Uh, I'm going to say that Jack's going to run forward and yell at Vordenberg to stand down and explain that we were part of Van Helsing's order and show his dagger. Go ahead and roll persuasion. I was kind of hoping for deception, but if you're saying persuasion, that's going to be a 10. An interesting way to start things. He sees the dagger, hesitates momentarily, and then disregards it entirely as he continues to march forward. Combat has now officially begun. God damn it. Phantom, it is your turn. I will start with... A spell, specifically hideous laughter. A creature of my choice that I can see within range perceives everything as hilariously funny and falls into fits of laughter while the spell affects it. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand up for the duration. A uh, creature with an intelligence score of four or less isn't affected. Please tell me this one's smarter than the last one. Uh, this one is and rolled a 12. Does that succeed? Uh, my DC is 13. Then that is a successful hideous laughter. Oh, thank God. What do you do that he finds so funny? Oh, uh, I throw Invisible Man under the bus. I like side-eye him and I look at him and I'm like, what was that, right? <laughs> he takes another closer look at the dagger in Invisible Man's hands and begins to chuckle through frayed vocal cords that are barely hanging together. <laughs> uh, 
You are not of the order. I am very unnerved by this laughter. <laughs> yeah, that's chilling. And uh, are you going to do anything else with your turn? Yeah, it, uh, I am afraid of retaliation from Invisible Man since I got called out uh, vocally and also did not like that laugh at all. So I'm going to go ahead and flee to like where the altar is and kind of hide around the corner. <laughs> Was the skeleton man's laughter too hideous for you? Yes! <laughs> Invisible Man, it is your turn. It's, oh, and uh, as a above table thing, Dan and I talked, and I cannot do sixty feet of movement. I think we knocked it down to forty. That was a hundred percent just a mistake on my part. Dungeon Master's Vault had a glitch that accidentally gave him thirty feet of movement twice. So as a compromise, we knocked him down to forty feet that, of movement. That sounds more reasonable. Okay. Uh, he's on the ground, you said, right? For hideous laughter, does that make him fall prone? Yes, it does. Then, yes, he is on the ground. I'm going to call back to the group real quick and ask, is this where we should make our escape? Uh, perhaps. Happy to leave. I'm, I too. Perhaps your escape. I got an idea. If it works, you run. If it doesn't, well, we got a fight on our hands. Fine by me. Okay, so what Jack wants to do is at least 20 feet of movement over to the left of Fordenburg and then hold my action and see what Frankenstein's going to do. Because if Frankenstein's going to give me a window and we're all agreed to escape, then as soon as Frankenstein does whatever it is he's going to do, he's going to bolt for the door. So you've got movement triggered on the Frankenstein monster's signal, right? Yeah. So that brings it over to the Frankenstein monster's turn. So right before I do my thing, I'm like, he wants his spear back? Well, then he can have it. So with his javelin still in my hand, I rush Fornberg, and I try to jam this javelin in between his rib cages, making it so he can't get up. Oh, like pinning him to the ground? Exactly, like pinning him Ooh. to the ground. So I'll have you roll to hit and then make a contested strength Wheat. check. Guess what? Was it a nat 20? Natural 20, bitches! That's what we want to hear. Okay, so with your nat 20, you will roll 4d6 of damage. The first natural 20 of the session. Oh, God, this is great. I, gotta lie. I think I think we needed this. Yeah. If something good didn't happen early on, I think we're going to all die. Dan, would you say that Jack has a chance to yell back to the group and tell them to go through the window? I will say you can either run for it or warn the group, but not both. Fine. By the way, the damage I rolled for that was a 14. Also, Frankenstein monster, make a contested strength check. Vordenberg rolled a 14. Are you fucking kidding me? I Okay, this dice, I, I swear to God, I, I can't fucking believe it. I rolled two net 20s oh in a row. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, you gotta, you gotta, it's almost too much. Why the fuck am I not in Vegas right not now? Not to be the police or anything, but we're gonna requiring you to have video proof. And he rolled a 19. He rolled a what? Oh, oh my god. So you just barely Damn. succeeded. And uh, because he's taken damage, now he's going to roll to save from hideous laughter. And that's an at 20. Uh, he doesn't find this funny anymore. He is still pinned to the ground, so he's effectively grappled, but he is just no longer under the effects of hideous laughter. But... As a legendary action, <gasps> which just to explain, legendary actions are a thing that uber bosses can do. They get 
three of those per round, and it's basically just special actions that they can do at the end of someone else's turn. And for his first legendary action, he stares you down, and a righteous fire ignites behind his eyes, and you can feel on your soul a mark being placed that is the same target that he has on Carmilla's head, oh, which is now over you. You will need to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. 14 plus 2, 16. And a 16 does not quite save. Uh... So you are now paralyzed in fear. You are keeping Vordenberg pinned down, but he's keeping you down with him. Shit. On your next turn, you can continue to roll to save. Since um, Vordenberg's got me pinned, can I still yell, or am I, like, stuck? You are paralyzed. So until you save, you cannot do anything. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, you're fucked. So now it is Vordenberg's turn, and first thing he's going to do is roll to try to escape Frankenstein's grapple. And that is a 14 plus 4, 18. So what I'll have you do, Frankenstein Monster, is make a contested strength roll at disadvantage. Let me rephrase. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm fucked. <laughs> I gotta be an 18 at disadvantage. All right. Well, first roll is 15 plus 3, so that is an 18. That's my first one. Second one is a 10. Plus 3, 13. So Vordenberg overpowers you oh, and stands up leaving you still pinned down on the ground in terror. He is no longer restrained by you, but that will be the end of his turn. He can no longer do anything else this round. So now, over to Imhotep. This might be a silly question, but I assume that the undead is immune to necrotic damage. If you would like to make a insight roll, I can tell you whether or not that's true. Thirteen. You get the suspicion that that's probably not going to be the most impactful move. <sighs> I spent all my level two spells on the bone monster. And all my level one spells aren't good against undead. And my offensive cantrip isn't good against undead. And he's too far for me to get to him with my sword. I am at such a point. That I am effectively useless this turn. I can't think of anything to do. If you don't want to try to take any traditional actions, what you can do is use your action to try to find a weakness. So if you want to do that, what I'll say is roll either perception or insight. We'll try insight, because that's what's higher for me. Let's see. Uh, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Ooh. All right. With a 24... Uh, what you can notice, because you are also a skeletal figure, is that the big difference between the two of you... Aside from the height. Well, yes, aside from the height. While you are just a skeleton that is covered in magical runes, there is some more flesh left in Vordenberg. And he is not held together by the same magic. Something else is bringing him back to life. So you're operating on two different rule sets. And as you're looking him up and down, you notice that there are some small cracks in the skull where the ears once were. Aim for the head. Okay. <laughs> and that will end your turn. So now it is the Wolfman's turn. Question. Did Wolfman already figure out what I gave him? Uh, that's between you and the Wolfman. Yeah, I would be unsure that Wolfman knows what the vial does, because I haven't seen what it does, and I don't think he was there for the conversation. If 
I take a look at the vial. Is there any, like, descriptive information, or is it just a plain glass of mystery liquid? Roll just a straight D20 Depending for luck. Depending on how Dan wanted to do it, I can kind of explain what I envision well, it looks like. what does like. your vision with the power of six <laughs> describe? With a six, it's a clear vial filled with clear liquid. I was going to say exactly that. Like, I, I wouldn't label it. There's no reason for me to label it. Yeah, you handed me this clear vial of mystery liquid, gave me a wink, and go, you'll know when to use this. How do you know he gave you a wink? He doesn't have eyeballs. <laughs> I have goggles. My goggles winked. Yeah. Oh, goggles man. glinted on one side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at the vial like, huh? But I feel the power of, I guess there's no better way to say it. I feel the power of the devil. And so I'm like, all right, I know I need to cause some mischief here. So how far can I get? Okay, I go straight down a little stairs, and I'm going to plunk myself there. I think I want to get behind him first before I use the vial, so let me see what I can do. <laughs> Dan, if just so happens, coincidentally, a cloud of fleas, mites, and other parasites appear on the creature, would he know it's from me? He might. Can you explain in more detail what you're trying to do? trip called infestation um i cause a cloud of mites fleas and other parasites to appear momentarily on one creature i can see within range the target must succeed on a constitution saving throw or it takes 1d6 poison damage i guess we'll see if poison damage works if i decide to do it and it moves five feet in a random direction would he know that's from me if just some bugs appeared upon him what i'll say is he'll know what direction they came from okay tis a cantrip so why not? Let's see how my little bug cloud goes. And <laughs> the component is a single flea. Does he just start scratching himself horribly and it just a cloud appears? Yeah, I guess so if he doesn't uh, succeed the constitution. So I pick a little bug up off the floor and I flick it at him. 10. He fails. My oh. DC is 12. So he takes a D6 of poison damage. Would you like me to roll that? Uh, no, because he's immune to poison damage. Hemotep <gasps> in the distance. I knew it. I knew it. Well, we figured it out, but he does move a random direction. So maybe I can get him to leave Frankenstein at least a little bit. I'm going to roll a D4. One is north, two is south, three is east, four is west. Okay, so he's going to go north. And even though he doesn't take any damage from these fleas, as they kind of swarm around his skeletal visage and make their way up towards his head, they uh, make him stumble and reel a little bit from disorientation. He steps over the Frankenstein monster oh, <laughs> and is now basically on his same level. And he shakes off all of the insects and they kind of slough off him. Okay, that is my turn. So now it is Carmilla's turn. Well, we all know who he's headed for. I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm not sure how this spell really works. The blood curse of exposure. When a creature you can see within 30 feet of you takes damage from an attack or spell, you can use your reaction to temporarily weaken its resilience. Until the end of the target's next turn, it loses resistance to all damage types dealt by the triggering attack or spell. 
including for that triggering effect. So you do that after the infestation cloud and it weakens his resilience to poison. What I will say is um, it makes him no longer immune, but resistant. So he will no longer take no damage and instead take half okay, damage. Um, well, the only thing I really have with me are my claws and my rapier, which was so generously afforded to me by the Invisible Man. Thank you again. Can we can we go outside? Is there an outside to fight in? You mentioned last time it's quiet out there, right? Like it sounds like the commotion is gone? Yes. Go ahead, everybody roll perception. I'm not using this dice again. I got a one. 21. <laughs> uh, 15 plus four, 19. Heck yeah, 22. What the three of you noticed... Which was natural 20, by the way. All of the sound that you're hearing, the commotion, is all isolated into this one building. There's not really anything else going on outside, other than some small incoming bits of weather. Phantom, what you notice, with your nat 20, through the open doors of the chapel, you see off in the distance a bolt of lightning, followed shortly... By a crack of thunder. After you notice it, Vortenberg notices it, and as the sound rings out, he winces. Oh, interesting. Interesting indeed. Well, we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't see it. Yeah. Phantom sees it. Me sitting here like, oh, I get it. I'm not allowed to say what it is, but I get it. But good for Phantom to know. So, Carmilla, your blood curse of exposure was a reaction to somebody else's turn. So you do still have your action and movement. Safe to say you guys are going to keep trying to attack him, isn't it? Yep. I mean, I've already tried to make my play on lying to him. My next turn is deciding whether or not to drink the mysterious liquid or throw it at the guy. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> Someone help before Dum Dum Larry makes a bad decision. There is a gulf of badness. A, a, a large sea <laughs> between the good and the bad in that decision. Mm -hmm. Oh dear. Larry's looking at the vial, looking at the monster, looking at himself. Vial, monster, self. Vial, monster, self. <laughs> Myself is a vial. I am vile. No! <laughs> I am vile! Oh. oh, God. He doesn't like me at all. Okay, I think what I'd like to do is push through this thing, and I'm going to have Carmilla meet him in the middle of the church. Does he still have his his uh, long-range weapon? He's got both longsword and javelin in hand. Basically, I'm going to reflavor him winning that contested strength check with the Frankenstein monster. So he paralyzed him to the ground in fear and then stood up, sliding through the javelin and then reached back out underneath, grabbed it and pulled it back up. So I will have him take a D4 of damage from doing okay. that. And that's a one. Okay. And he's magically dead. We love it. I think I'd like to try and hit him with the rapier. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit. So that's a 13. And a 13 does not yeah, hit. I didn't think so. So as you go to attack him with your rapier, it uh, catches on his armor momentarily before it glances and slides off. And Vordenberg looks at you with eager anticipation and a sinister grin as his eyes ignite with righteous flame. Ooh, so romantic. Wow, I wish someone would would meet me in the middle of a ruined church and look at me like that. <laughs> it's 
so nice to see you again. <laughs> Make a wisdom saving throw as you see reflected in his eyes the moment of your death play back in your head. Okay, wisdom saving throw. Oh, and that's a four. So you two are paralyzed in fear as you are reliving the last moments before you were slain. That's good. Nothing like some trauma to uh, start off your day. Little trauma breakfast. And now it is the Phantom's turn. And since one round of combat has elapsed, you guys get another minute to do your strategy. Well, my next game plan for when it's my turn is to get a little closer to the Invisible Man. Try and gesture to ask him, is this for me to put on? Is it for me to put on the guy? And then I'm hoping the sleight of hand either grab something, grab a weapon he's not holding onto, or if maybe I can pull a little cord and cause either the armor to drop, maybe the pants to drop, something to, like, <laughs> make him easier to fight. <laughs> I, I will say that considering as how my play didn't work out and Frankenstein's play didn't work out, on Jack's next turn, he was going to do, like, a gesture to, like, use the vial. Okay. We'll keep it vague until the moment of what that gesture is, and then I'll see if it's pretty clear or if I need to make Larry roll an intelligence check or something. <laughs> okay. And that has been one minute, Yay. so now it is the Phantom's turn. I have no idea, and I have not been paying attention at all to the fact that uh, the Frankenstein monster and Carmilla have been psychically affected. I am thoroughly emboldened by the fact that it looks like there are two people engaging this skeleton uh, that are way closer than I am. So I'm going to use a vicious mockery from all the way over here. Do uh, it. Okay. So wisdom saving throw. And that is an 18. Oh, my DC is 13. Uh -oh. Oh. So what's the vicious mockery that doesn't work? Uh, hey, you're an ugly skeleton. And then I'm like giggling as I sit back down behind the altar. <laughs> And, um, nice. without a single change in his expression, he says, yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Cool. Wow. Jack would just literally look back at Phantom and be like, are you really going to do nothing? I'll do one better than nothing. <laughs> Seeing that it did not have the desired effect and uh, Invisible Man's goggles kind of like drilling in my direction, I now move fully behind the altar and just kind of sit there in shame. No, you know what? I lie on the fetal position in shame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you oh, don't have inspiration, God. you do now. So now it is the Invisible Man's turn. Can Invisible Man tell that Carmilla and Frankenstein are both terrified? Go ahead and roll either perception or insight. Oh man, I am not rolling that great today. 9 plus 3, 12. So you can tell that neither one of them are attacking, but you don't really understand why. They both seem to be affected by something, but you're not sure why they aren't engaging. Okay, so with this, I'm going to gesture subtly at Larry and just use my glove to, like, mimic as if you're drinking something. Okay, I look at the vial and I look at you and I'm like, okay, I, I nod. Unless Dan wants me to roll an intelligence roll, but that feels pretty clear. Okay, because I have no idea what Larry has planned, so I'm just figuring, like, if we can get out of this alive, that's all I want. I, I give you a thumbs up. So with that, Invisible Man is going to go undetectable. Uh, okay. Run behind him, and then go for a sneak attack with my two daggers. Go ahead and roll to attack with advantage. Okay. 
please, if this is the time that we can get it. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. Okay, so uh, my first roll was a one and my second roll was a 19. Oh, well, the 19 hits. Okay, so with the sneak attack, that's going to be a nine plus the damage for the dagger is going to be a plus three. So that's 12. Okay, so he takes 12 damage then. And then I'm going to go with just the flat roll for my second dagger. Uh, no, the second dagger did not hit. That was a two. And then with that, Jack is going to run back kind of behind him. Okay, so that ends your turn. So Frankenstein monster, it is your turn. First thing to do, make a wisdom saving throw. Okay, come on. Well, shit. I guess uh, my luck's running out. That was a two. Okay, so you are still paralyzed in fear. That will unfortunately be your turn, Frankenstein monster. So now it is Vordenberg's turn. (sighs) First, as a bonus action, he is going to tense up and concentrate as the little bit of remaining skin that is on him begins to shrivel and decay. As he deals 10 damage to himself, his longsword erupts into holy radiant light. He is then going to attack Carmilla, and he attacks with advantage because you are paralyzed. Mm -hmm. For how much damage, DM? (laughs) And that's 11. My AC... Armor class is 15. So an 11 does not hit. All right. Wow. I somehow convulsed my way out of his uh, grip. So then for his second attack, he is going to, with javelin in hand, make a grab at you and attempt to grapple you. 14. So you still just barely evade. Yes. Carmilla's slippery. Yep. I'm really sweaty. (laughs) You ever have a panic attack and it makes you really sweaty? She's like a bar of soap. (laughs) And as you are having your panic attack, you're um, kind of convulsing and rolling around on the ground. And you just, by sheer happenstance and coincidence, manage to evade both times. Wow, fantastic. What luck. Sure, that won't be happening again. (laughs) And then that is going to end his turn. So, Imhotep, it is your turn. Here we go. Huh. All right, I thought of something. Do a thing, do a thing. I move 10 feet, I get right next to the guy. I lean up as close as I can to what used to be his ears, and I use thaumaturgy. I create within distance, which I am the center of. So from my mouth, the sound of rolling thunder right in his ear. Oh shit. Ooh, all right. Let's have you roll to hit with advantage. I want to note that this is not an attack. There is no damage. This is literally just me making noise. Yeah, trying to traumatize him. Let's have you roll your spell modifier as your to hit and roll with advantage. Got it. Let me see. Um. Okay, 15 is the high roll. So with a 15, that doesn't quite hit. <laughs> but because I really like the idea, what I'll do is have him take half damage. So roll a d6. So, right at the start of what you're doing, he sees what you're about to try and braces himself, brings his hands up to cover the cracks where his ears were. So did he drop his weapons? Um, he... Damn it, that's a good question. Uh, (laughs) What I will say is, yes, he does drop his weapons. 
So he only takes four damage, but as he brings his hands up to cover his ears and brace for the sound, his weapons clatter to the side. Does Larry understand what's happening with the sound? Because he didn't get the, the thunder thing from earlier. Roll insight. And then while you're doing that, Imhotep, is there anything else you're going to do with your turn? Um, I was going to disengage from him, but with how much HP I have, I feel like I can take at least one hit. So he's going to kind of take two steps back and kind of announce to everybody, the noise, he is affected by the noise. Uh, well, Wolfman, forget about that insight roll because Imhotep just told you, and it is your turn, Wolfman. I'm going to, uh, which way is he facing, north or south? Uh, he is facing north. Facing north. I'm going to go behind him, and do I see anything in back of him that I can interact with? Uh, roll perception. Four plus two, six. Six for perception. You see that he is really tall. Cool. <laughs> love, love it. Uh, okay. So can I, if I do a dash action, can I still speak to another player on my turn? Yes. I would like to dash towards the phantom. I kind of do a nod and a sorry to Invisible Man, but I can't see anything I can do back here, and I want to dash towards the phantom. Close enough that I could be like, Phantom! Do do you remember the, the organ blast that blew you out of the building? I would like to say... No, indignantly, but like with a look on my face where obviously I do in fact remember that. <laughs> well, hypothetically, if that did happen, um, I think that might work. Something, uh, something is telling me that might work against him. We the smartest out here. Okay, and now it is Carmilla's turn. So first thing you need to do is roll a wisdom saving throw to get unparalyzed. Okay. A 19. And with a 19, you are successful. So you are no longer paralyzed, but what you are is frightened. Uh-oh. So this will last for one minute or until you can make another wisdom save. Okay. And basically what that means is you have disadvantage on any abilities or actions while you can see Vordenberg, and you cannot willingly move any closer towards him. Okay. <laughs> Dang. Okay, uh, so I guess I'm going to move 30 feet. Yep, I'm going to try and lead him through the catacombs. Okay, so you can go ahead and make it back 30 feet, okay. and that will end your turn. So now it is the Phantom's turn. I am traumatized by the organ and uh, certain events that may have <laughs> taken place around the organ. <laughs> so I refuse to touch it personally, but I will expend my very last spell slot to summon an unseen servant. Ah. <laughs> nice. Describe the unseen servant. Will do. This spell creates an invisible, mindless, shapeless force that performs simple tasks at my command until the spell ends. The servant springs into existence in an unoccupied space on the ground within range. Uh, that range is 60 feet. It can't attack or anything. Once on each of my turns, I can use it as a bonus action. Uh, so I'm going to spawn it right by the organ, and then I'm going to duck down just like hands and knees on the floor, hands over ears, and it slams as many keys as the force can actually slam. Okay, so I need everyone to make a constitution saving throw. 
Hell yeah, Constitution's Web of Proficiency is plus five. Uh, Phantom, you can do it with advantage because you're expecting it. Hell yeah. And I got day seven. My advantage roll was 16. Uh, so guess what, everyone? Did you get a 20? Then that toy train continues. Wow. What I will say for you, Frankenstein mm -hmm. Monster, since you got a nat 20, that breaks you out of your paralysis. Yay! You are still frightened, so the same thing applies. That will last for either one minute or until you can make another successful wisdom save. Oi. I rolled a four. <laughs> Damn. I got a 13 minus one, so that's a 12 for me. For me, 15 plus my con. All right. I know what I'm going to try and do on my next turn then. Carmilla and Imhotep, you are both knocked prone. That was nice while it lasted. And Vortenberg rolled a 10. So he is going to take... 8 damage. Mm. Alright. And also be knocked prone. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And as that blast of noise reverberates out through the chapel, I'm gonna roll just a straight d20 for the building's damage. Oh, shit. So all of the pillars that are supporting the roof get a little bit looser as they all take four damage. Ooh. And Phantom, will that end your turn? Yeah, that'll do it. Okay. Invisible Man, it is your turn. Let's see. He's prone right now, right? Yes, he is prone. So if he's prone, what, is, what does that mean for attacks? It means attacks against him have advantage. Okay. I'm going to yell... In the direction, because you said it's an unseen, invisible servant, right? Yeah, it's just a force, basically. Okay. It's just a tech wearing all show black so that it's invisible to the audience, so he basically <laughs> just generates a stagehand. Does Jack know that the pillars were weakened? Uh, roll perception. I think that was, because I got a seven perception, I think was a three? Yeah, that's a ten for me. With a ten, you see the building wobble a little bit. Okay, um, okay, so for a bonus action, I'm going to take um, my offhand dagger. I'm going to switch that out with my uh, short sword. Okay. And I'm going to go in for a sneak attack on Vordenberg again with Abraham's dagger. Okay. Basically directly to the south of him. So go ahead and roll with advantage. Please be good to me. That's a 22. I got a 17 plus 5 for the dagger. That hits. And then with the sneak attack, that's 12 damage again. Okay. Uh, would it be too meta if I run over to the pillar at the one on the east and I hit it with my uh, short sword? Roll just a straight d20. For luck? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's a d20 to convince me to say yes. <laughs> okay. That's that's fair. Because, I mean, that's, that's the whole reason why I'm asking. Because it's like, visually, I don't know if I would have seen this. I got a seven. Seven? No, you haven't made that connection yet. Okay, cool. So I'm going to stay where I'm at and attack with my short sword. Uh, that is a 13. Uh, 13 does not hit. Okay, and then right after that, I am backing off to the south of him. Okay, Frankenstein monster, it is your turn. Uh... Let's see, I'm going to try and first roll to get myself out of fear. That's a wisdom save. Uh, that's an 11 plus 2, so it's a 13. Uh, 13 does not save. I'm going to use my inspiration then. Ben, I'm so proud of you. You remembered inspiration, and I should have used inspiration on my turn. If, the, if I could get myself out of fear and I could get a successful attack on it, I have a plan. Ooh, 15 plus 2, 17. 
a 17 does save. So you are no longer Yay! frightened. Woo! I'm no longer f- scared of you, bitch. <laughs> okay. So now that I am out of fear, I am pissed off. I have one rage left so your boy frankenstein is going into a rage get him (laughs) and i'm going to use my uh sea aura with the lightning so i can try and fuck him up even more uh the target must make a dexterity saving throw the target takes 1d6 lightning damage on a failed save what i will say he does not dodge he sees this coming and dares you oh oh it's gonna be like that Challenge accepted. I refuse to move. And I just look at him and go, good. And I hit him with the lightning. He is going to take six damage. This dice set is my friend. So what Vordenberg does, I'm going to roll just a straight d20. And that's a nat one. Oh. So here's what happens. He braces himself for the electricity, reaches out and grabs his javelin. The electricity goes through him into the javelin, which begins to glow. And with a smirk, he says, And a bunch of hidden runes begin to glow on the javelin. And within a 15-foot radius, it erupts into lightning. And with his nat 1, Vordenberg just learned that you absorb electricity. (laughs) (laughs) On a scale of 1 to 10, he's fucked! I'm so glad that I backed off. (laughs) Now, does anyone speak Celestial? Uh, I do. Somehow. (laughs) Of course, the angel speaks angel. All dogs go to heaven. (laughs) Uh, I also speak Celestial, so me and Larry understand what he's saying. (laughs) For the benefit of the audience, the others don't know this, but I privately messaged both Imhotep and the Wolfman, Power of the Seraphim, I invoke thee. So, since it's hit me with lightning and I absorb it, what do I roll to get some hit points back? How close are you to max HP? One. Oh my god. Roll two d6s. Two d6, yes sir. That's a grand total of 11. Oh. So you heal yourself to max and then get 10 points of temporary HP. That's not an HP bar. This is an HP bar. (laughs) So right now I'm sitting at 44 out of 35 hit points. Oh. I broke free. I went to the rage. Was that my action or can I still do my action? Uh, You still get your action. Cool. I want to, his sword's right next to him, right? Yes. I want to take his sword and stab it through his head. Roll dexterity. Or actually, can I change my mind? I was going to take my warhammer and smash his head. Okay, go ahead and roll an attack with advantage. That is a 17 plus 5, so 22. Uh, the 22 does hit. (laughs) Nice. So go ahead and roll damage. 3 plus 5, 8. Okay, so that is 8 damage. Yay! I just raise it over my head and I just bring it down. Just smacking on on his face. Bonk. He recoils with a grimace, but does not drop his determined expression. (laughs) Okay, so now it is Vordenberg's turn. He is going to grab the sword by his side. Ah, damn it all. All right. Concentrate. 
and his flesh sizzles some more as his bones begin to get thinner, and he takes six damage. Oh, man, how much health does he have? Right now, he's taking 77 hit points of damage. I'm assuming a whole bunch. He takes that damage, and the radiant light shining off of the blade turns instead into fire. Oh, God. Oh, shit. He's going to <laughs> swing to hit. 15. He's swinging at me, right? Yes. Misses. So he's still reeling a little bit from the noise and from being bonked in the head and is a bit disoriented and seeing double, so he swings at the wrong Frankenstein. And that will end his turn. So as he swings, I just stare at him and I just go, So that's the type of fear you of the church give to the poor souls who stand against you. I'll make sure to repay that fear in kind. Uh, inspiration. Oh, Hudge, yes. <laughs> if it's not obvious, Frankenstein hates the church. Never would have guessed. <laughs> I think we're going to get along swimmingly. In response to that, Vordenberg says, You are not my target. It would be unwise to incur my wrath any further. It would be unwise to harm anyone else in my sight. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> trash talk. I fucking love trash talk. Uh, Imhotep, it is your uh, turn. Imhotep falls to the ground, is knocked over by the sound of the organ, and it kind of rubbing rubbing his skull as he kind of slowly pushes himself to his feet. I did say to you, sound. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm going to get up and just kind of groggily moving to the wall and just to the pillar and just like and then i guess that's that's it all right and wolfman it is your turn i see carmilla is in a bit of a struggle ah maybe i will go over to her is she frightened right now yes she is still frightened and she is knocked prone from the pipe organ would i be able to go over to her try and assist in making her not prone and cast protection against evil and good? Uh, yes. All right. Yeah, so I, I turn, I see that she's on the ground, just terrified. And I'm like, oh, ah, I'm coming. I rush over there. I try and lift her up. And then I say, maybe this will work better for you than it did for Emotep the first time and give her protection against evil and good. So now when she rolls against being frightened, she has advantage. Oh, thank you. Okay, and now it is Carmilla's turn. Make another constitution roll. Oh, I've been getting threes this whole time on this stinking app. What the hey? <laughs> can you put Ooh. it in the dice jail? <laughs> because you're being assisted, you can roll with advantage. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> no! <laughs> With a nat one, you pull Wolfman down too, and he is prone. Oh my <laughs> wait, god! Wait, Wolfman, wasn't that supposed to like guard me against evil? What the? <laughs> that was just klutzy right there. Yeah. I can't protect you against that. <laughs> so uh, after that rousing show, let's go over to the Phantom. So above the table, I'd like to say I'm sorry in advance. Uh, seeing the way that the tides are turning on how poorly this is going. Phantom's going to stand at the window, spread his cape, and say, Farewell, y'all. I leave the rest to you. Uh, press to digitate a flash. Dive out the window. 
and then uh, the unseen servant's just gonna play wah, wah, as hard as possible. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I like to imagine that we see the flash go, and then we see you turn and leap out the window. <laughs> just didn't time out. We're like, oh, yes, my work yeah. here is done. You didn't do anything. <laughs> I'd seriously. Everybody make another constitution saving throw as the pipe organ lets out another blast. I just yell, get back here, pretty boy. Is right outside not far enough for me to be safe? Um, I would say you can roll with advantage, but you still have to make the save. Got it. Twelve. It's a good thing that Larry and I are already knocked prone. We can't get any more prone. All right, my first single digit. Uh, eight plus five, 13. Does that save me? If I remember correctly, I think the DC was 12. Ooh, if it is, then I just barely made it. Yeah. Oh, can I use my inspiration to try and get up? Sure. Okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> 18. I don't I don't want to get prone because I'm trying to bash the face in of Mr. Vorenberg over here. So if I get knocked prone, I'm going to be really pissed. Well, you could blame Pretty Boy for that. <laughs> oh, no, I will. I totally will. If my 13 doesn't save me, ooh, I'm smashing his mask. I think I got a 13 as well. And I'm I'm pretty positive that the DC was 12 on, on that con save. Uh, 12 it was. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa! saved just barely i'm gonna burn my inspiration oh thank god janae what was your constitution saving throw that would be an eight okay you will take 2d6 of damage then and vordenberg will take nine damage then i'm gonna roll another d20 for the building's integrity oh no and the pillars withstood that pretty well they each only take one damage How many hit points does the building have, I wonder? So now it is the Invisible Man's turn. Fantastic. Uh, Again, with the organ doing the thing, can I do another perception to see if these things are going to come crashing down and killing us? (laughs) Uh, Yes, roll perception with advantage. Oh my god, I got a nat 20. With a nat 20, you can tell that each individual pillar has five hit points and an AC of 12. So, uh... You can tell that they're really starting to get a little worse for wear by okay. now. I'm going to yell out to the group and suggest that we take out the pillars to bring down the ceiling and then basically get out. I don't. I really don't know how much time I would have for this, so I'm going to ask if Frankenstein can basically take the building falling on top of him. Probably. But let me take him down first. I mean, we, we, need, to, we need to bring <laughs> yeah, the ceiling down. Yeah, whichever happens so, first. <laughs> that being the case, what... I'm gonna do is, uh, Dan, is this a window? Like, all the way to the east? Yes. There are four windows, two to the east, two to the west, and also one in the very back that Phantom Batmaned out of. <laughs> so, hopefully Phantom is, of course, gonna keep playing the organ, but I don't know, because he's not here anymore. So I'm going to jump over the pillar that's already collapsed and rush over to the single pillar that's on the east side, switch my uh, short-handed sword over to my main hand, and then I'm going to go for a sneak attack to try and, like, bring this thing down. And then I'm hoping that Emotep heard me when I said to bring down the pillars. But uh, who knows? We'll, we'll find out. Go ahead and roll to attack. So with the short-handed sword and sneak attack... Uh, sneak attack won't apply here. Oh, that's right, because it has to be against a, a thing. 
and I have to have advantage. Yeah, you can't surprise a pillar. <laughs> I mean, if it doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, so with a shorthanded sword, that's a plus five to my 13. So that's 18. And 18 hits. So go ahead and roll for damage. Uh, that's going to be five, six, seven, eight. And this pillar is down. Okay, so after that, Jack is just going to uh, yell back at Frankenstein and just tell him to get ready. And with that, Jack is going to jump out the window. And then before it is the Frankenstein monster's turn, as a legendary action, oh, no. Vordenberg says, Get ready indeed. And he will tense up some of the cracks in his skull begin to intensify as he takes another 10 damage. Oh. And as he takes that damage, very weathered, coagulated, black fluid oozes out of him Ew. and circles its way up around the Frankenstein monster's eyes. Oh, shit. Make a constitution oh, saving God, throw. Constitution is one of my strengths. That is a 16 plus 5, unnatural 21. Yeah. You are able to power through the pain. You will take a d6 of damage, but had you failed, you would have been temporarily blinded. Oh. Okay, so that's mm. 6 damage. Okay. So now, Frankenstein monster, it is your turn. Uh, so while he says, uh, be ready indeed, I'm like, yes, be prepared to meet your maker again, god man. Or excuse me, man of God. No, no, God, man. God, man. <laughs> uh, it is, it, God, God, man. man. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, know, no. I right. know you meant man of God, yeah. but I... <laughs> so I'm going to use my Warhammer and smash his face in, hopefully for the last time. Okay. Roll to hit with advantage. With advantage. All right. I'm still raging, right? Yes. Good. That is an 18. <gasps> that hits. Go ahead and roll for damage. That is an 8 plus 5, 13. Okay, so he takes 13 damage. Please, how is he looking? Please tell me he is done for. Please tell me he is done for. Nope. He grimaces and gets a little unsteady but still holds firm. Why won't you die? As his legendary action at the end of your turn, he grabs onto your leg and says, If the building's coming down on me, it's coming down on you. He will deal two damage to himself, and that coagulated black substitute for blood that you saw before oozes out of him again, and wraps itself around your legs. Ah, uh, shit. Make a strength saving throw. Okay. And I would say also do it at a disadvantage because he is grabbing onto you. Oh. Well, I just rolled a natural two, so... Well, cool. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not gonna do anything unless I roll a nat one. Uh, oh, fuck me! I just rolled a nat one. <laughs> Are you kidding? Let's go for the nats! Well, I had all this great nat 20 energy. I was, it was only, it's only fair that I rolled a nat one eventually. Your time has come to pay. Pay the piper. <laughs> oh, my hubris. Between his grip and the binding blood, it slams you down onto the floor and holds you firmly in place. Oh, no. You are now restrained and prone. And it is now his turn. 
He is going to make a swing at you with his inflamed longsword. Oh, no. And that's a 23. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that hits. Oh, man. So that's going to do... A shit ton of damage. <laughs> 15, but that's, that's slashing, and you have basically yeah. double resistance to uh -huh. it right now. So let's say that does four. Okay. I am back to 34 out of 35, what I, which is the exact amount of hit points that I started Plus, with. Plus, it's going to deal additional fire uh -huh. damage. Yeah, fire damage. And be grateful for low rolls. That's a four. Okay. 30 out of 35. I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, that's, not, that's, that's not as bad as I thought. And then he's going to swing again. Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> You wanted to solo him. <laughs> yeah. 14. Misses. Yeah. I kind of want to say for flavor, as after he hits me the first time, I kind of want to like kick his head a little bit, so that way he misses the second time. Sure. So, yeah, you uh, kick at him, it throws off his aim a little bit, and he doesn't hit you the second time. Okay, so now it is Imhotep's turn. Are we still planning on bringing down the house, or are we just going to beat him up? Beat him up, beat him up! I, I already said I my piece. I think both are happening. <laughs> no one's agreeing on anything. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Imhotep is going to make his way back towards Vordenberg. He's going to call to the others and tell them, bring the house down. Because if anybody's going to be able to survive that, it's going to be the two of us that are in here. That's true. We are the less squishy. Worst case scenario, I just drop to a pile of bones and the building collapses around me. Well, Carmilla's still got to get up. <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh, and I am going to once again try and... While he's distracted by being angry at the monster, I'm going to once again thaumaturgy create a sound of rolling thunder point blank in his ear if I can. Okay, so go ahead and roll your spell modifier to hit. Eight. And that's not going to quite cut it, so again, he'll only take half damage, which will be three. Okay. And that will end your turn. So now it is the wolfman's turn. Okay, I think I'm going to try and bring Carmilla to her feet again. Carmilla, roll a constitution save with advantage. Okay. <gasps> Yay! There's your nat yes! 20. <laughs> there it is. I really got up, you guys. It really worked. Oh my god, it was beautiful. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh there and applause. With a nat 20... You and Larry are both back up on your feet, and you are no longer frightened. You stand up so good. The power of friendship courses through Carmilla's Yay. veins. I hand you the bottle that Invisible Man gave me, and I was like, drink this and get out of here. I think the whole building's collapsing in. And then for my last action, I would like to Misty Step away. Okay, describe Misty Step. Misty Step. Briefly, surrounded by silvery mist. You teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that uh, you can see. So I guess to a window and then out the window. Okay, you can do that. Poof. And now it is Carmilla's turn. Okay, so I'm going to see, obviously, our friends struggling. I do want to help, but at the same time, it's there because of me. So, yeah, I guess I'm just going to um, exit out a window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to take the potion and exit stage right 
Now it is the Phantom's turn. Uh, obviously I'm not coming back or anything. It's just going to be going ahead and having the Unseen Servant hit that organ. I'm thinking at this point, with the tide turning back a little bit, I feel bad about the Womp Womp. So I would like to play like something bouncy and supportive. So I'm thinking like La Donai Mobile. Imhotep and Frankenstein Monster make a constitution saving throw. That is a 13. Uh, Constitution plus five, 13. Yeah, I save it again. Yay. Vordenberg also succeeded on his constitution, so he will take half damage, which in this case is four. Now the building will roll its save. Die, die, die. And with a 13, it just barely passes. So it will take only one d6 of damage, which will be... Die. Three to each pillar. Those pillars have like two HP left. Before we do anything, can I have like 10 seconds to plan with the monster? Okay. Smash the thing, run. I will take my last action to smash the last one and I will let the building come down on top of me. As much as I want to kill him, it's probably best to bring the building on top of him because Imhotep can easily survive. So I'm going to do my damnedest to get up and run and smash the pillar on my way out. Okay. So, jumping ahead to the Frankenstein monster's turn, make a strength saving throw to escape the binding. Alright. 1e3. So you are able to break free of the coagulated goop that was holding you down. You can't take any actions, but you can move. Cool, I'm gonna book it over to this pillar. Okay, now it is Emotep's turn. I guess at this point, Emotep is going to... Make his move towards the pillar. He is not going to smash it yet. He is going to do one more turn of causing thaumaturgy booms right in the guy's ear. Okay, roll to hit. Nat 20. All right, and with a nat 20, that's going to be 4d6. And he dies. That's going to do 8 damage. Damage is damage. We'll take it. For a nat 20? take it uh i would also like can i add on just for flavor that this time as he does as he um causes the thunder to explode he shouts by the fury of ball (laughs) oh that's fun it's the uh, the god of thunder i should clarify vordenberg says in retaliation to that you call upon the powers of ball zabul of the third layer of hell that is nothing against the might of the church. That sounds like Forgotten Realms lore. I do not know Forgotten <laughs> Realms lore. I learned Greyhawk. <laughs> okay, so then it's going to go to the Phantom and his Unseen Servant next. So I assume it's just going to be business as usual? Yup. All right. The grand finale. So Phantom, what's your grand finale? That's a good question. Uh, You know what? Let's uh let's piss him off. I'm going to play the Carmen overture. <laughs> Frankenstein monster and Imhotep, both of you make a constitution saving throw. Another nat 20 somehow. Oh, nice. That is a 17. Okay. So both of you are fine. I just remember I lack ears. Your sounds do not affect me. I'm like, but how do you hear? Tiny bones inside of his skull vibrating. Vordenberg is going to take six more damage. Yay. And Mm. then the pillars... Pillars are dead. Pillars are dead. Pillars are dead. (laughs) The pillars collapse. Yes! 
and with it, the oh. ceiling oh, comes God. crashing down on all three of you. Ooh. Do I have enough time to make it outside? Make a dexterity saving throw at disadvantage. Uh-oh. At 20. So that's an 8. 10 for me. So with an 8 and a 10, both of you will take 2d12 damage. And that's going to be 8. So the two of you are able to get out from underneath the rubble, bruised and a little bit banged up, as the bulk of it collapses directly on top of Vorenberg, who is crushed underneath the rubble and is taken out. Okay. As the rubble kind of falls down on him, you can see it sort of elevated a little bit over where his body is, and it slowly begins to sink back down to ground level. And if you were to take a close look at it, you would find no trace of his body left. A little wisp of a soul levitates up out of the rubble and you hear a sort of disembodied voice coming from it. It is Vordenberg's voice, but it is a little more put together than what you've been hearing since it's not being filtered through actively decaying vocal cords. Mm. It says, I swore an oath on the grave of Maria Van Helsing that as long as a Karnstein walked this earth, so too would I. You've made a dangerous enemy. And no matter where you go, no matter what plane of existence Karnstein finds herself in, I will follow. And as long as you are allied with her, none of you are safe. And the soul takes off and vanishes. Technically, you do not walk anymore, you are flying. (laughs) I wanted to try and grab it and bring it to my face and I'll just stare at it and go, and we'll be ready for you to finish the job. Uh, you say that, but as you grab the soul, it's a soul and not tangible and slips through that... your fingers and continues to go away. I don't know. I've seen the original Scooby-Doo movie. They seemed pretty capable of grabbing those souls. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So instead of me grabbing it and it flies away, I flip it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imhotep, after saying the whole, like, you, you're technically floating, he kind of, like lowers his hand into a prayer and basically is um he says may you find your way through the duat and may may anubis weigh your heart well even if you were a little bit of a jerk inspiration (laughs) do i hear this i love that do i hear that prayer uh sure i turn over i was like anubis weigh his heart well you do realize he tried to kill us right a soul and a heart is something that i do not have control over i only Offer the prayers to Osiris and his followers, and if he finds his way across to the underworld, then good for him. If not, good for us. I could live with that. And then I try looking through the rubble because I want to try and find his sword. Roll investigation at disadvantage. Damn it. Aww. Um, can I be looking for that key? Uh, yes, let's cut to just outside of the cathedral. All of you are reconvening. I will say roll just a straight investigation check, Invisible Man, to get that key. And Larry, uh, Wolfman, you said you were going for your cane, right? Yeah, I was going to look for my cane. Also roll investigation. All right. I rolled a 12. With a 12, you don't find the sword, 
you do find the javelin. Cool. Anyone want a spear? A spirited suggestion. I'm not going to give you the actual item name yet, but uh, add a javelin to your inventory. Will do. The lightning rod. Fancy javelin. 18. With an 18, you do find the key. You're able to kind of sift through the dirt and pull up the key that was affixed to Rainer's pouch. So go ahead and add Rainer's safe key to your inventory. As I rejoin the group, I would just like to say, looks like Eric saves the day again, huh, everybody? And I would like to roll to see if everyone claps for me. (laughs) I punch him in his face to try and break his mask. Uh, I rolled a d20 on your behalf, Phantom, and got a nat 20, so everyone does clap for you. Oh, I don't want to clap. Hell yeah. (laughs) Too bad. I want to punch him. I want to punch him. Uh, you, after you are done clapping, you can punch him. Sarcastic cool. clapping. I do a slow golf clap. Yeah, the, I'm not going to decide the intention behind the clapping for you, but because he asked and it was funny, nat 20, everyone claps. All right. <laughs> just like all the Reddit posts, and then everybody clapped. <laughs> and I just go up and I punch him in the mask to just, not to shatter it, but enough, hard enough to get, put like a little crack in it. So, um, for an unarmed strike, it's going to be your strength modifier plus one. But is he still raging? Oh, that's true. He is still <laughs> raging. <laughs> Sounds like that that poor monk's not the only one going to get shot through a door. Yeah, so that essentially plus three would be a six. So that's going to do six damage. And roll perception. Wait, is there not a roll to hit? Uh, for an unarmed strike, nah, actually roll strength. Okay. And when you're done, roll perception. Well, damn, I rolled a three plus three, it's a six. Okay, so he ducks out of the way. Damn it. But as he does, his mask kind of slides up his face a little bit. Roll your perception. Okay, my perception is nat 20. With a nat 20? you can see that underneath the mask, he is pretty hideously disfigured and deformed. And that while everything uncovered on his face is very charming and appealing, he is pretty worse for wear underneath what the mask covers up. Okay, so after I punch him and I miss, I see the stuff underneath him and then I feel for him because I never realized why he was wearing the mask. And as someone who has been yelled and burned and attacked by for my looks, I just look at him and go, that's for abandoning us. And then I put my hand on his shoulder and said, but it was an excellent plan. Good job. And I like pat his shoulder so that way he has time to fix his mask. And hopefully my big giant arm is blocking the, the markings uh, on his inspiration. face. Aww. That's for abandoning us. That's for just being butt ugly, dude. <laughs> <laughs> As all of this rapport is going on, Carmilla you feel the presence of Vordenberg's soul lingering behind you momentarily before it takes off. Oh, jeez. Well, I've always wanted a mortal enemy, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, but Carmilla spent a lot of time being uh, really freaked out, what with remembering her whole demise 200 years ago. Uh, but she is very deeply grateful to all of you. And I guess I have to have Carmilla say something, but she's invisible right now. So. <laughs> That's true. She can still speak, though. That's true. I will say you can willingly end your invisibility state by punching Phantom. <laughs> that 
That's the secret, Invisible Man. Yes, I, I will queerly punch him in the arm. I love it. Okay, and so that just does one damage. Okay. And the invisibility wears off. Now that you've made your grand re-entrance, everyone's kind of looking in your direction. Uh, except me, I'm looking for my cane. Except for Wolfman, looking for your yes. cane. Uh, what did you roll? Uh, 15. 15? You find it. Uh, I've got it. <laughs> it was over here the whole time. I, I, I left it Yay. when I was looking for my cards earlier. But I'm back. What's going on? So now everyone <laughs> is looking at you. You saved me. You didn't have to do that. Well, couldn't not. You did, when we first met, you did fight me. Uh, and that was not a great way to start. But uh, through everything that had happened, uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you're on the up and up and it, it would have been a shame to lose you in there. So had to, had to get you out. I don't want to lose any more people. I can relate to having that internal struggle and and that fight. And I know it it can't end here. Um just just know, Carmilla, that you you have an ally in that fight with me, and I understand. And it can be very hard. But you can do it and you can be better. But alas, I must leave you. Oh, oh why do you say that? They will keep hunting you forever if you stay with me. There's, I cannot see any other way. If, if that is what you feel you must do going forward, then, then we have to accept that. Um, just know if you ever find yourself in a struggle and you need some help, um, I'm sure we'd all be more than happy to help you. As the wolfman says this, coming from the south of you back in the cemetery, the doors of the mausoleum creep open and a bat flutters out <laughs> and perches on your shoulder, Carmilla. And it is Caprisen Bartholomew Karnstein. <laughs> and Aww. it kind of looks around a bit skittishly, confirms that all of the other presences are gone. Everything seems to have mostly blown over for the night. And it breathes kind of a sigh of relief and nuzzles up against you. Oh my God. So cute. Sorry, I just... <laughs> You know, I love familiars. <laughs> Such a good one. Carmilla has a glint in her eye and she turns and says, I've heard of this thing. Would you like to be pen pals? Of course. Love writing letters and little things like that. She takes Capri Sun and whispers in his ear about the oath that he took to Carmilla now extends to oh. Larry. And um, Caprison flies up into the air, thinks for a second, and then does really complex interpretive charades to get that information across. <laughs> it struggles a little bit, but makes it through and kind of gets the general idea through. I would like to press digitate a card that has an eight on it and hold it up for uh, Caprison to see. Uh, Caprison sees that, does a little in-air bow, <laughs> and flutters back onto uh, Carmilla's shoulder. I actually am going to end up giving the bat to Larry. Oh. Caprison looks at you with confusion and with big eyes. Now, now, little one. We will see each other very soon, I promise. Caprison um, nods knowingly. And flutters over and perches in Larry's mess of a head of hair. 
and kind of burrows in <laughs> and is no longer visible. Uh, I knew I kept my hair very uh, unkempt, but I didn't think I had that much of a rat's nest or, or a, a, bat's, a nest. bat's nest. So with that, Jack's going to walk over to the group and start asking if you guys are missing anything important. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Everyone who wasn't conscious, I'm not going to make you roll for this because it's important that you know what was taken from you. So Wolfman, a saliva sample. Imhotep, the scroll. Yeah, well, that one was very obvious to me. Frankenstein monster, the journal of Victor Frankenstein. Invisible man, a uh, skin sample. And Carmilla, some blood. So I'm going to let everyone know that uh, Rainer took whatever it was that you guys had and let Larry know that he took a saliva sample from you. Don't know what for, but um, sounds like if you all have business with Rainer, I'm willing to stick around for a little bit. Oh, I am very aware of what that son of a bitch took from me. And I will go to the ends of Earth to make sure I get that back. So if it means that we need to continue work together, I'm all for it. And I reach my hand out to the Invisible Man. I'm going to go ahead and take it and start asking, what was it that was so important? Unfortunately, it was my father's journal. Father, you say? Are any of you familiar with the name Victor Frankenstein? Something about the dead and bringing them back. I know not else. Essentially, yes. But as you can plainly see, and I motion to all the different stitches and the different parts of me, not just a single body but an amalgamation of many. To be perfectly honest, I don't know if I really am a man, woman. I don't know exactly what I am in general. All I know is that I was nothing, and then I woke up, and I apparently frightened my father so dearly that he ran. Didn't tell me anything. It took me years to even learn how to actually speak a language. And I've done things, horrible things, to get revenge on my own father. And finally, I saw it upon myself to make sure that his creations would never again walk this earth, and I am the only one. You, you say you're an amalgamation of things. What does this include, particularly? Oh, bones, hands, hearts, organs, things of that nature. I don't understand very much of this occult stuff or magic, whatever's going on, but do you mind if I ask... How long have you been alive? I've been alive for about two years now. He's this many. <laughs> <laughs> you say you're two years old. Do you want to know something interesting? Sure. I was here in London about two years ago, hired by someone to steal a brain. I didn't understand why, but I wonder if there's a connection with you and that. That might be. He very much wanted the best of the best, the highest pedigree. And this is what he got? <laughs> yes, this is what he got. And need I remind you, Eric, that I was able to practically solo that monstrosity that was in the cathedral? Um, I'm sorry, you soloed the creature inside. Yes, absolutely. Oh, of course. I did nothing to help. Of course, no. Oh, well, of course you didn't. No, 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 you soloed it. Um... You guys picked up a book, right? Was there anything in the book? Yes, it was, um, 
It was in another town. Um, just to piggyback off of that real quick and give you a brief reminder of what was in the notebook. It was a lot of musings about Rainer and scribbled on one of the pages where all the notes were. It was stuff that was mostly dealing with tonight and a lot of questions about who he is and what his grander plans are. But there was some information about a vampire nest that was located in the town of Stratford. And there was a specific name that was circled, and that name is Marlowe Bronte. Would I know where to go for Stratford? Uh, you would generally know it is to the southwest of here, and it's about a day's walk away. Well, if we're going to be heading towards Stratford to find this Bronte character, maybe we should rest up and gather our things. Yeah, I think, I think uh, a rest sounds great. Um, take a day or so to recoup and then head and find this um, Marlowe fellow. I agree. We all have- I have no problem with this Rainer person. If I'm going to join the group, I must be asked. Emotep kind of turns, looks at the phantom, approaches him slowly, gets kind of almost right into his face, just kind of keeps staring at him. Seriously. Oh, seriously. Dear sweet Eric, hermit of my cards. Bringer down of the cathedral, will you please Mama, join us on our journey? Oh, please do not inflate his ego any more than it is. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, my dear. Oh, thank you. You bless us so. All right, rest up and let's head out. Imhotep's eyes turn to the sky and they just turn red slowly, <laughs> shifting from like blue, purple, red, purple, blue again. Jack's just going to kind of look over at Phantom and just say, yes, please, join us so I have another chance at you again. I flinch. And as Carmilla makes her leave, she looks over her shoulder and sees a couple of flashes of color. <laughs> as you are making your way to the east, what kind of goes through your mind as you see that last little parting display of lights? I think Carmilla is going to think differently about human beings. And the types of people that are around nowadays. Uh, if they're anything like these intrepid people, they will do great things. Carmilla steals herself as she looks towards the east, thinking about the, uh, the great journey that she is going to have to start going on. And perhaps uh as she gains her memories start to go back to the places and see uh who she once was and deal with that and like an mcu movie text floats over the screen that says carmilla will return it lingers there for a moment and then a ghostly spectral hand wraps around the name carmilla yanks it off the screen and the name vordenberg fills its place we are the outcasts, the misfits you might say We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day We know the world is a gruesome little place But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful dreadful, but we like it just another haunted night Shrouded with unearthly fright So when you're oh so terrified You know who to call The world is falling apart We'll never take it to heart
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of DN Dark, created and hosted by myself, Danger Dan Jers. Stick around to the end for this episode's blooper. Our next episode will be up on Wednesday, November 30th. We are taking just a quick week off to celebrate Thanksgiving, so happy Turkey Day, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving us a review. We've got an easy link in the description to ratethispodcast.com slash dndark. It lays out all the options in one easy link, so no matter what your podcast platform is, you can leave us a review in whatever format you like. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at dndarkpodcast and chat with us about the show. Your support means the world to us, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Dean Dark is Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy, Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, Ben Magnet as Frankenstein's Monster, and Aaron Coffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera. This episode also featured Janae Pellerin as Carmilla Karnstein. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Our cover art was provided by Jordan Nelson. Listen to new episodes of Dean Dark every Wednesday, anywhere you find podcasts. Wait, um, your, your name's Eric? That's, oh, that's so, like, normal, you know? I, I was thinking it'd be something like, uh, like a Sebastian or like a Raul, but <laughs> Eric? Okay. Phantom, take a D4 psychic damage for uh, Wolfman saying that you were more normal than Raul. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>